This episode of the St. Louis Sports Calzone is brought to you by Team Molinari. On episode three, I have my boy Phil on for a preview of Super Bowl Sunday coming up. Talk about some cool stuff that's gone on recently with the WNBA. The Winter X Games just wrapped up, so that was sick. And I'll have a little Mount Rushmore action, as well as talk about why the NL Central might be a pretty tight race this year for the Birds. But first, we're going to try and honor the life and legacy of Kobe Bryant. I'm excited for the show. Welcome back. They're getting wild for me And all the pretty chicks all wanna smile at me These rap cats, man, they all got this out for me And if I ever see them, man, they probably bow to me And when this beat drop, I know they gon' lean The world suffered a great loss this past Sunday afternoon When, along with six other passengers and the pilot Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna Marie were lost in a tragic helicopter accident in Calabasas, California. He was 41 years old. She was 13. Basketball gyms and courts around the world were a little more full this week, but we are left with a gaping hole in our hearts. A Hall of Fame speech we'll never get to hear. A children's book to inspire underprivileged children that he was co-authoring that will never be read by parents to their children. A future UConn and WNBA star who will never have the opportunity to transcend the women's game just as her father did for the men's game. Kobe Bryant was a basketball player. He was a producer, an Oscar winner. He was an ambassador of the game like we'd never seen before. He was a husband. He was a dad. An overwhelming amount of current NBA players were deeply hurt by the news. He was all of their favorite players growing up. Not only that, but he was the rare superstar who made a real effort to form relationships on his way out the door. So those guys crying in the locker rooms during and after their games counted Kobe not only as someone they played against or perhaps with, but a superhero turned friend. Kobe's sudden death is just another reminder for us not to take a single second of our lives for granted. But honestly, I would encourage that we don't just use this as an opportunity to tell everyone in our lives that we love them, all dramatic just because somebody famous has died. Show them, each day, by the way you treat them and by the way you treat yourself, that you really do care about them. While we all know what a great player and ambassador of the sport Kobe Bryant was, he would be the first to tell you that his greatest accomplishment was being the dad of his four girls, Gigi, Bianca, Capri, and Natalia. Kobe Bryant came into the league a 17-year-old kid, but when he left it, he'd become a total family man. Something that always impressed me personally was that anytime I saw him over the last couple of years since his retirement, he was always with his daughter, always teaching, always loving her, always showing her the way. She was going to carry the torch. He was always talking about how she'd go to the WNBA and everything, Um, but the, the coolest part about that was that it was her choice. She loved it, and she wanted to continue that legacy, and he was willing to just help her do what she loved. Kobe Bryant never stopped. Beyond all the great memories on the court, from dropping 81 points in a game and then 60 in his final game, to leading Team USA's redeemed team to a gold medal in the 2008 Olympics, he never stopped trying to inspire people to be the best at whatever it was that they did. On Sunday, 
Kobe Bryant may have passed away, but he will live on through Jason Tatum's footwork, DeMar DeRozan's mid-range game, LeBron's leadership, and through anyone else who has ever or will ever love the game of basketball. I mentioned all of the things that Kobe was, basketball player, icon, dad, but Kobe Bryant still is, however, an attitude, a disposition, a choice that we have the opportunity to make every day until we run out of days to attack our lives with the joy, tenacity, and relentlessness of, well, a black mamba. For all the things Kobe was, he's perhaps most accurately defined as a way to live, the mamba mentality. The name Kobe represents a mission that resounds with everyone. We all have something in our lives that we want to be like Kobe for. We've all wanted to believe we could do something. Kobe showed us we could. He showed that the greatest thing you can do with your life is to find something you love, hold on to it, and fight for it every day for the rest of your life. So, Kobe Bean, thank you. Thank you for transcending everything from the game of basketball to the way an entire generation threw away our trash, as well as for inspiring me to approach adversity in my life with, yep, your mama mentality. All right, I'm sorry to get so sad on you guys, but, um, you know, I, I never listened to Prince. But when he died and people were affected, I got it. Like, I, I understood it. But it didn't have that personal effect on me um, because I never listened to his music. And, 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 and even when I did, I listened to it in the context of it being oldies. Like, he was never current. He never had a special place in my heart. But this one does. This is one of those moments where I feel like I'm going to just always remember where I was when it happened. Um, I was just in my dorm room. I was actually about to head down to the SLU Fordham game. And, wow, um, just, just could not believe it. Because this guy really transcended the sport. He transcended geography. On Sunday, the Union Station Ferris wheel in St. Louis was lit up purple and gold. Wow. Um, but, I mean, that's just it. Like, St. Louis, we don't have an NBA team. Kobe, Kobe was it. For my childhood, Kobe was it. Kobe was basketball. So this actually got me thinking about just, you know, sports figures who have influenced my life thus far. Um, and like I said, we didn't have an NBA team to root for. And I was a Celtics guy, so I love Paul Pierce, but subconsciously, it was Kobe I was probably turning the TV on for. Um, he was the man. He, he was basketball. So without further ado, here's my Mount Rushmore of sports figures whose influence has just permeated my childhood up, up through high school. So number one, Albert Pujols, um, the machine. I get it. He left. He went to the Angels, but... This was the guy. I mean, when I was four or five years old, six years old, playing uh, playing coach pitch baseball, like I wanted to be like Albert, and I think pretty much every other person in St. Louis my age, little kid, did. Um, he honestly had the best ten-year stretch uh, of any baseball player ever, and I know that's that's hotly disputed by some people, but for me, it's really just not even a question. Um, he represented St. Louis. He was the Cardinals. Um, I know that now we think of that as Yachty, but man, Albert Pujols from 2001 to 2011, he was the man. Number two, or well, I, I guess these don't even need to be ranked, but number two, Kobe Bryant. So, I mean, I remember playing with my Kobe Lego guy and like shooting on my Lego hoop in my basement with him in the old basement. 
at my old house and we moved when I was five. So that was when I was three, four years old. I don't think I ever played in a game in my life where there wasn't somebody on either team wearing either number eight, number 24 or wearing his shoes. Um, also speaking of his numbers, eight and 24, I think there should be a Kobe day in the league, like moving forward where one team wears eight and the other team wears 24. And they do that for every game, like across the board in the NBA on that day, just kind of like how on Jackie Robinson day, um, everybody wears 42. I think that'd be cool. Um, my next one, Sean white. So yes, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big snowboard junkie. But, man, can we just have a moment of respect for Sean White? Eight-time gold at X Games. The next closest is Scotty James, and he just got it this year with three on the Super Pipe Gold. I mean, it, it's just crazy how, how this dude entered a culture at a time when Tony Hawk was the only other action sport athlete known by anyone. And together, they elevated action sports to what they are today. And I will never forget watching him win his third half-pipe gold in the Olympics in his final run in 2018. Um, so that was sick. Uh, here's here's an awesome soundbite from him back in 2006. Take a listen. I had all seen the, the games, and, and they were just so excited to see me. They're like, you have the gold. And, and I mean, I had, like, I had unlimited, like, service after that. I was getting drinks, and I was getting <laughs> snacks, and, I mean, I was taking photos in the back with all the, all the students. Wait a minute. Drinks? You're 19 years old. Yeah, I'm talking about Mountain Dews, baby. That will never get old. Uh, and that affected my childhood because talking Mountain Dews, baby. Let's go. All right. Uh, my final member of my Mount Rushmore for athletes that impacted my childhood, Steven Jackson. Um, I remember his first carry. I remember sitting in the kitchen on a, uh, on a Sunday afternoon when I was like four years old, hearing my dad tell me that the Rams just got a new running back, Steven Jackson, to carry the torch from uh, Marshall Falk. And boy, did he carry it to the tune of like two yards per carry for his career. But um, I tell you what, if we would have got Steven Jackson, um, a quarterback, an offensive line, a defensive line, a secondary on defense... I think he could have taken us all away. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, great hair. I actually wanted to, to have dreadlocks when I was when I was age six through eleven. Um, I, I bounced between that and cornrows, but I wanted I wanted the Stephen Jackson dreadlocks. I wanted to be like Stephen Jackson. My mom never let me play football, but if I had, I would have been number thirty nine. I would have worn number thirty nine. I would have got a couple concussions too, though, so it's probably fine. Um, but Stephen Jackson should have got his ring with the Falcons a couple years ago, but Tom Brady happened. So yeah. Um, all right, so there you go. There, there's my uh, there's my Mount Rushmore. Um, so sort of in honor of of Kobe's memory. I'd like to talk about some pretty cool stuff going on in the WNBA recently. So on January 14th, the WNBA agreed to a new collective bargaining agreement um, in which players will get a 53% increase in total compensation. It also includes paid maternity leave and fertility benefits, which I think is huge because I hate that we treat um, that we treat like pregnancies as like an injury uh, a couple years ago. I know like Serena Williams was in like Wimbledon or something and and, like news broke that she was pregnant and 
they kind of reported it on SportsCenter as like an injury. They were like, Serena Williams out nine months with pregnancy. I'm like, no, that's like the coolest thing that like a human body can do. Like that's way cooler than playing sports. So I don't know. I think it's awesome that they're getting paid uh, during that. Um, now the new lowest salary that one can have as a WNBA player um, is 130000 a year. So that is a lot. I guess, uh, but like compared to the WNBA, it's still nothing. Personally, or excuse me, compared to the to the NBA, it's still nothing. Personally, I think they all should be paid um, less. But like, hey, that's you know that's the capitalist market economy that we live in. If I really thought that NBA players should not be paid the exorbitant amounts of money they should be paid, uh, or that they get paid, I would not watch the games. But guess what? I just finished watching the Celtics and Warriors tonight, and I loved it. So, yeah, there's that. But it's awesome that the WNBA players are now going to be making more um, because what they do is awesome. Uh, So, yeah, this is going to be starting with the 2020 season. um, And the new eight-year agreement is going to also include a new in-season tournament, which could be interesting. And it changes the compensation structure, as I mentioned, to include a base salary, the uh, 130000 and performance-based bonuses. So this is pretty cool. Always love to see advancement of the league. Um, something Kobe would love for sure. He was a big-time ambassador of the sport within the women's and men's community. Um, so, yeah, I just thought that was super awesome. Wanted to share. Um, let's see what else. Okay, so it's totally non-sport-related thing right now. But before we move on to some more business, I have two non-sport related things. Number one, Green Day. Okay, I'll be honest. After what I said last episode about Green Day, the band, um, I still went to the free concert. It was on Saturday and it was at like four or five o'clock in the afternoon before, um, you know, before the NHL All-Star game. And I was totally I was like mentally preparing for what I was going to say on this on this episode to like apologize for what i said in slandering them but man holy cow this was one of the worst just concert experiences i think that has just ever happened so basically here's how it went they come out 25 minutes late they played four songs by the way four songs from their new album nobody cares about your new album green day like we want we want to hear like like your bangers from like the mid 1990s perhaps like to like 2004 at the latest like in that time window we want to hear your good songs but they played four songs from a new album that they just released and then they went back inside they were like yeah it's too cold uh, we'll see you in the summer and and people started like booing them so they come out like 5 minutes later and what they essentially said was that the NHL said that we didn't do a good enough job for their promo video so they needed like a promo video to show on NBC Sports that they were performing outside and like, you know, interacting with St. Louis and stuff. So they were like, don't mess this one up again. But they didn't even say mess this up. They had like actually just dropped the F-bomb. Watch your profanity. There's just tons of families here probably at this thing. Anyway, um, so then we're thinking like, okay, this is like their encore. They're, they're going to play a good song. They literally just played one of the four songs they already played that nobody liked in the first place. So I'm just kind of sitting there, standing there with a couple of my friends 
and people start booing them and it was brutal um i just felt bad for the for like their actual fans so i'm not like an actual green day fan i don't really care um i was just going because it was free something to do on a saturday and like they're semi-famous so it would thought it could be cool but i feel bad for their like diehard green day fans who waited outside for three hours to get right up next to the stage um and then that happens and then and then they go inside in their actual concert at intermission of like the all-star game tournament they only played two songs and they dropped a ton more f-bombs like on national tv Watch your um, profanity. well nbc like bleeped it out or like silenced it or whatever but for all the people that were just inside uh with like kids i don't know just not a good look for green day also like you know they signed the contract to say we won't we won't drop f-bombs in our songs that have f-bombs and they just did it anyway because they just they just don't give a hoot so that was kind of a bummer but also kind of funny um all right and then my other non-sports related thing so as some of you may know the name for this podcast originated when i got a concussion playing intramural basketball around like thanksgiving time and like a couple days later just started craving a calzone um honestly the concussion doesn't have anything to do with that that's just like how i think of it in in timing so let's just put it this way around thanksgiving break i i start having a hankering for a calzone so the st louis calzone was born boom all right because i still hadn't had one by like christmas when i started this but last night after seeing well sorry not last night after when was it last saturday my bad after seeing green day's uh concert i found myself at sauce on the side st louis's premier calzone joint uh i got the meet me in st louis by the way needless to say was incredible big big time recommend this is an ad now however so now that i've you know quenched that fire that you know the desire for a calzone i have a yen for something else just as delicious hear me out my grade school experience was greatly affected by this treat and every other uh wednesday's lunch period hit different as they say french toast sticks please do not at me if you're gonna at me for anything it can't be this french toast sticks you got murray's french toast sticks you've got great value you've got ego nothing like some cinnamon nothing like some double cinnamon french toast sticks yep those are out there go look them up dip them in syrup wow get my mind right for that spelling test for the phonics test whatever it may be uh algebra you name it pre-algebra i don't know what we were studying back then but in grade school, wow. You need some fuel on a Wednesday. French toast sticks do the trick. All right. See what we else. Uh, what we else. Let's see what else we got going on. So I'm actually going to retire uh, laying down the law for this episode. By the way, it's been recommended to me that I change it to taking down the law. Um, still, the the jury is still out on that. I'm, I'm not sure what I want to do about that. Because basically it's just me making hot takes and they've literally all been wrong so far. So every take that I had about a, a football playoff game, wrong. Um, we still haven't gone out and got Lindor. Cardinals haven't. Um, let's see. And Brogan Roback, who last week I was just on the hype train big time for because his name is sick and I thought he was going to be the superstar quarterback for the Battle Hawks. He just got cut. So... I, you know, my takes have been pretty cold these last couple times. Uh, I'm just not going to do laying down the law for this episode, but it'll be back. It'll be back for sure. 
Um, all right, let's see. Cardinals talk. All right, so the birds have been pretty frustrating lately. Have not done anything. Um, but I'm going to start with this quote from Nick Castellanos. So stud for the Cubs last year, hit 58 doubles. He's entering his prime. He is now signed with the Reds for $64 million a year for four years. That is so doable by the Cardinals. And now he says, I think we have a real shot to run this division. And I gotta I gotta admit, I agree. We didn't re-sign Ozuna. I'm not too I'm not too beaten up about that. But go get somebody better. Because now we just have O'Neal and Harrison Bader and now Ron Ron Hill Ravelo, a first baseman, and all the, all these guys who are like fringe fringe MLB roster guys are getting are getting a shot in the outfield. Um, I think this could be a train wreck, honestly. Our outfield's not looking great. They're just going to play Dexter Fowler because he's getting paid, which I think is the dumbest possible reason you can have. Um, but if we don't do anything for the rest of this offseason, we have blown it big time because the, the NL Central is the weakest division in baseball, and we are a couple pieces away. But if if we want to win while Yachty and Adam Wainwright and those guys are – are still on the team and are still like functioning members and are important and are our leaders. We got to go for it now, but I can't tell if that's what we want to do or if we want to work through the future, but we're, we're just kind of in no man's land right now. Um, it feels to me a little bit like a disservice to Yachty, but I honestly go get Arenado, go get Francisco Lindor, go get, go get a pitcher, go do something. Um, Cause yeah, it's not looking great unless Dylan Carlson comes in and saves the outfield. So Baseball America's prospect rankings for the preseason just came out about a week or so ago. Dylan Carlson, switching outfielder. I love this dude. He's 10th in the MLB. I've been calling it for the last year and a half. Prettiest swing in, in the entire organization. Um, then at number 52 in the MLB, we have Liberator, the guy that we just traded for. Um, so if, you know, we, we might send him off to get Arenado or, or some other piece, but as of right now he's on, you know, he's, he's in our farm system and he's 42nd. So I'll take it. And then Nolan Gorman power hitting third baseman at 55. So that's not a bad haul, but I'm not sure who of those guys is, is, you know, really ready to contribute at the major league level right now, other than Carlson, I honestly would like to see him get a real shot at being the starting right fielder or center fielder, honestly. Just a starting outfielder coming straight out of spring training into the league. He deserves it. I think he'd do great. Um, He's going to be a stud. He's going to be a stud. He is the first position player, I believe, that we've had in the top 10 of the MLB's uh, preseason rankings since Oscar Tavares. Uh, Rest in peace. But, man, Dylan Carlson's going to be special um wow well i guess uh now we are ready to have my boy phil as i mentioned at the start we're gonna have him on the show it's time to talk a little uh, a little bit of super bowl so big, call it super bowl super bowl call it- phil's get in the world top flow lifestyle all right now welcome on to the show my dear friend phil ehrman phil welcome Paul, thank you for having me on. Of course, happy to have you. So, Phil, um, it's been brought to my attention that there are a few grievances you'd like to air 
against one Skip Bayless in particular. So, Skip, if you're listening, uh, tune in. Yeah, so, Paul, um, I've been following uh, Skip on uh, Twitter for a while now, and to be honest, he's really grinding my gears. Um, he uh, he has a problem with the Chiefs, I guess. It's kind of him and uh, Shannon's thing on their show, Undisputed. And uh, so pretty much to give you the rundown of what happened this week, um, Eric Benemi, the uh, Chiefs' offensive coordinator, said that every play is designed to score a touchdown this week. And um, Skip claims that this is the single most arrogant thing I have ever heard coming come out of any coach's mouth, especially before a Super Bowl. Sounds and, good to me. I mean, you know he, what? He he clearly is the offensive coordinator of a team with the best offense in the league that made it to the Super Bowl. Paul, I want the Chiefs to try and score every play. That's exactly. What, that's the point of the offense. What what is your goal if it's not to just score touchdowns? I feel like I feel like if you're trying to accumulate points throughout the course of the game, you're going to need touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Field goals ain't mm-hmm. going to cut it every drive. Nope. Especially against this good defense, too. Yeah. So Skip your fool. Yeah. And with that in mind, you know, the Chiefs have kind of gotten the shorthand uh, throughout the whole playoffs, um, especially last week. Um, we Nobody had any faith in our defense. Uh, Teddy Bruschi, Rex Ryan, Randy Moss, Matt Hasselbeck, all on NFL Countdown, took the Titans. And Yikes. we took care of them. Yeah. Uh, Said we couldn't stop the run. What was with that? Well, Derrick Henry is... He was on is, the tear. Is huge. It, yeah, he was but, he was good. But Come, they did stop the game. run. So He did have 69 yards that game. We held him. At the end of the day, you know. Numbers don't lie, do they, Paul? The numbers never lie. <laughs> all right? They never lie. <laughs> Two things in sports that don't lie. Ball. Ball don't lie. Yeah, that's true. Numbers. They don't lie. Yeah. I'm talking advanced metrics. I'm talking the less advanced metrics, such as yards yeah. and amount of carries and yards per carry. All right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Derrick Henry didn't do anything against the Chiefs last year. That's true. That's true. L- last week, last week was the Pro Bowl. Two weeks ago in the NFC Championship. Um, yeah. So hey, Skip Bayless, if if you're listening, uh, which you should be, the point of this was <laughs> to let you know that you're wrong about that. Everything that you said, and that's enough of that. But uh, one thing that this game to me, Phil, feels like is that it feels like the start of a new era. It really does. Um, the torch is kind of being passed down to a new generation. Yes, so to speak, the torch is being passed down. Um, we all know a few weeks ago, first round of the playoffs, the wild card game, it was the first time Tom Brady played in the wild card game in a while, perhaps his last game at Foxborough ever. Um, and the Titans took care of him. They really did. But we all knew that torch wasn't getting passed to Ryan Tannehill. I got to tip my hat off to Ryan Tannehill. Got to tip the uh, cap. He, he had an incredible season, really kind of elevated them the to the next the team. Yeah. He elevated them to a level that Marcus Mariota could not. But Derrick Henry is the man over there in Tennessee. Yeah. It's not it's not Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill peaked when he started in that Dude Perfect video doing trick shots at Dick Sporting Goods. And that was like six <laughs> years ago. His career has been revived, but he's not getting the torch passed to him. The torch is going to be claimed Sunday night by Patrick Mahomes. I completely agree, Paul. This guy has been on a tear recently. Let me tell you. Let me sh- give you some stats real quick. All right, we we love the stats on the show. That's what it's all about. Here it is. QBs and their first four playoff starts. Now, now let, let me give you some greats. Brady, he had two touchdowns, one interception. When it matters most. 
Elway, four touchdowns, six interceptions. <laughs> That's not good. That is that is not Brett good. Brett Favre, five touchdowns, four interceptions, getting better. Manning, five touchdowns, three interceptions, even better. Now let's go over to Mahomes. 11 touchdowns, zero interceptions. Those numbers don't lie either. As our friend <laughs> Kinger would say, when the lights come on, the dogs come out. The dogs do come Patrick out. Patrick Mahomes is a dog. But not only Patrick Mahomes, right? Yeah. He's clearly the best quarterback in the league, best player in the league at this point, no question, and he's only getting better. But the the torch in general is just being passed from Brady, from Peyton Manning. I know he retired a few years ago, but this is still kind of mm-hmm. the tail end of his generation, so to speak. From who else? Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees. Philip Rivers. To the guys like Jimmy G, Deshaun Watson, Lamar, if he can stay on the field. Yeah. Josh Allen. Uh, Drew Locke. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I'm, I'm just kidding. I, I, try, <laughs> I try to love you, Drew, but you're the most cringy athlete. You're honestly the most cringy person I think I've ever – I've ever just seen. Hometown hero. I've ever seen or heard, but I just but you're you're, you're a Mizzou it. guy. Yeah. Um, gosh dang it, you were kind of spitting though. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Phil, you know what was something that, that that I just really don't like about Super Bowl What's that? week in general mm-hmm. is this media week. I don't like I don't like that the <laughs> NFC and AFC Championship Sunday is two weeks removed from the Super Bowl. Yeah, I because. Agree. I get it. They want to put this. They want to put the Pro Bowl before the Super Bowl. Why can't the Pro Bowl just be after the Super Bowl? And let's get the Super Bowl done with. We have these two weeks of media hoopla. People start to forget about the real game at hand. It's um, all about the money to them. It's all the about NFL. the money. And I, I, I'm in it for the game. You know, it's about it's about what goes on on the gridiron between the white lines. Let's talk um, about it for two weeks. And you know, no, yeah, no, no. Let's let's, let's go play. play. Let's go decide because yeah. these players. In this freaking generation, mm-hmm. they all want to be buddy-buddy. It's the new culture of sports. All right, I'm guilty of it myself. Yeah. I'm guilty of it myself back in my back in my sports playing days. But I saw an image on Twitter this past week that I did not like. What was that? All right, Patrick Mahomes, Jimmy G. They're sitting side-by-side side up on stage at this media day. Acting all buddy-buddy. Acting all buddy-buddy. They're wearing white jumpsuits with the little Super Bowl logo. The outfits were clean. I gotta, I gotta say, it gives me Hunger Games <laughs> vibes. It gives me Hunger Games vibes. I don't like it. They're, they're be enemies. I don't care if you're friends after the game or like, like outside of the sport. But you are five days away from the biggest game of your life, and you're playing against the the dude that you're sitting up on stage with. Like, don't act like your best being friends. his best friends. Even if we you are know, best friends, as go on viewers. Ba- they, go, sorry, we no, know but, as viewers <laughs> that. You two just want to demolish each other. And you well, guys, you better want to demolish. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I honestly, that, I don't. I don't go, know. I go back and forth with it. Like, do they do go they? to Malibu on vacation together in the summer if you're really that good friends? Work out in the summer if you're really that good friends. But not now. Yeah. Not now. But the NFL is just setting it up to be like this. I don't like it. In fact, I I very much so dislike it. Um, do that fluff for the Pro Bowl. That's what the okay. Pro Bowl is I for. I completely agree. Do this kind of stuff for the Pro Bowl, not the Super Bowl. Not when these guys are supposed to be mentally and physically preparing themselves for the biggest games of their life, and they and, and they have to deal with this. All right. Um, yeah. Personally, just something that really has just been grinding my gears, um, and then I'm just not a fan of Phil. Uh, gotta ask you, 
back mm-hmm. to the back to the game itself because yeah. we're talking about talking about the game. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about the game. So, being the Chiefs fan that you are, mm-hmm. what is one thing that you are really, really kind of worried about for the game, and then what is something that you are confident about? Don't need to worry about the Chiefs for the Super Bowl. Um, that's a good question. Um, to be honest, I don't think the Chiefs can allow themselves to dig themselves into a hole as they have been doing the past two games. Um, we went down, what, 24 against the Texans, something like that, um, and 10 against the Titans, and I think we have to we have to be on their heels from the very get-go. You, you, just, you can't fall behind against no. San Francisco. They're too good of a football team. They've honestly been slept on all year. I, by me mm-hmm. and by many others. I did not think they were legit whatsoever. I did and it not was that either. Saints game that was, came down to the wire that I realized this team's kind of like, yeah. they're the real deal. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, now what is something that you are confident about? You're feeling great about? Well, it does help that my team has the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, with him, cannot argue that on my team. I know that. I mean, we're we're in any game really. Um, I am very confident in our defense, um, which is weird because I would have never thought I'd say that, um, especially last season. Um, But we kind of showed up um, in the AFC Championship holding, as we said, uh, Derrick Henry to 69 yards. And, um, you know, in in terms of confidence, I think we've got some swagger going in. Um, Tyron Matthew, the likes of Frank Clark, Chris Jones are really um, – I think they've really found an identity uh, with this defense, and I think this swagger will turn – will translate into the game on Sunday. And and we saw after being awarded the NFC Championship trophy what Travis Kelsey said. That was sick. That was very cool. You got to fight for your right to party, baby. It's true. And they've been fighting all year. Yeah. They've got that Kansas City Midwestern grit. Nothing mm-hmm. like it. Um, this is totally unrelated – but I just have to bring everyone's attention to this quote that I heard from Andy Reid. Um, he's a beast. So he was asked about his nine grandchildren, and he said, they keep you young and at the same time make you feel old. It's kind of like sweet and sour pork. I don't know well, what, what that, that means. Mean? It, uh, nobody knows what that means. I love it. But if you want to get inside the mind of a genius NFL head coach, there it is. Yeah, there it there is. There it is. After, after we won the AFC championship, he said something like, like someone asked him, how are you going to celebrate? He goes, uh, probably eat a cheeseburger. And it's like, what? That guy's awesome. He's a wizard. Yeah. <laughs> He's a wizard. Gosh, I would, I would love to sit down and watch some film with that guy. Oh, yeah. I agree. Hey, the, the film room. Nice. Paul. That's, <laughs> that's, that's going to be Phil's new, uh, new show <laughs> <laughs> where he looks over film. All yep. right. Um, let's see. What else we have here? The tight end matchup. Yeah. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be very exciting to watch. That that might be the that might be the key matchup. And they're not they're they're not facing off head to head because obviously they're both on offense. But Travis Kelsey uh, may have the edge in the pass catching pass catching game. Mm-hmm. The pass kissing game. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I've, I've got to give George Kittle and and blocking that guy's a beast. Yes. And in terms of hair, also George Kittle. Yeah. So honestly, though. Still a toss-up. George Kittle, though. <laughs> George Kittle, though, also goes by Greg Kittle, apparently. Um, really? Yeah. So uh, I looked up Greg Kittle on accident, and George Kittle just showed up on the page. And it didn't even say, like, showing results for George Kittle. It, like, those were the results for Greg Kittle. But I'm on a tangent right now. Uh, Meg Tensing has just entered the room. What's up, Meg? Hey, Meg. Hey, guys. So happy to be here. What's going on? 
Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> for sure. For sure, for sure. Meg, you're just like sweet and sour pork. Oh, yeah. There we go. Oh. Business call. All right. Okay, but hey. Thanks for coming on, Yeah, Meg. for sure. Yeah, like, see you later, Meg, for sure, totally. Um, <laughs> but in terms of the tight end matchup, we saw we saw when the uh, when the 49ers beat the Saints um, in that big game near the end of the regular season. Mm-hmm. George Kittle's got big play potential. Yeah. He uh, refuses to go down. You can't you can't tackle him. Simple yeah. as that. All right, mm-hmm. now Meg is back. What's up, Meg? Thanks for being coming back on, Meg. Of course, love my fans. All right. Um, wow. So let's see what what else do we have for this game. I don't. Um, you know, Paul, I just wanted to co- mention a couple things uh, that I, I thought might be important. Um, last week, I think it's important. Important. I keep saying important. I'm sorry. No, don't uh, uh, <laughs> don't don't apologize to me, it's Phil. Not important. Phil, you never have to apologize to me. All right. We thank love you, Phil. So what I was saying. Um, yes. Back to the task at hand. Yeah. I um, do believe that Reed had uh, – Andy Reed, that is, um, had the um, advantage over uh, Vrabel last year – or last game, the um, Titans head coach. Um, but I do think Shanahan is better. Um, so I think this makes this pick just so much harder. It really does. Yeah. It really does. It, 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 I can see it coming down to coaching um, in the end, and it, it'll be very evenly matched. Yeah. So uh, now we're going we're gonna to call Steve Sharp, see, uh, see if he's got anything to say. Oh, what's up, Steve? Um, welcome yeah. to the Sports Cal Zone. Hey, it's good to be on. Long-time listener, first-time talker. How we doing? We're doing good. We're doing good. Uh, we, we also got Phil here in the booth. Steve, how we doing? Hey, Phil. Good luck to you boys. Thank you. Thank um, you. All right, so, Steve, do we have any locks for the week? Oh, boy. Do I have some locks for you? Um... So the Stephen A. Sharp lock of the week for this Sunday, I'm giving it to you, is a prop bet. It is, will either team score consecutively three times in a row? And I'm going to go with the no at plus 180. It is a surefire bet to hit. It has made me too much money to count, <laughs> and uh, I think you should all take it. All right. Um, for to back teams, I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs. Last I saw was minus one and a half. There we go. Good There's stuff. No way the Patrick Williams doesn't blow them out. I'm backing you, Phil. Thank you. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, Stephen A. Um, Anytime. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate it, Steve. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Take it easy. Right. Thanks, Paul. See you. See ya. All right. So there you have it. The Stephen A. Sharp lock of the week. Um, I've never heard of that prop bet, but I may have to take it when yeah. I'm 21 and betting is legal. So that's... Only bet if it's if you're of age, yep. folks. But if you are, then you got to take that bet. Another bet, a sleeper pick that I have for Super Bowl MVP, and Phil has one as well. Um, Tyron Matthew 
Yeah, that's my that's my sleeper pick uh, this week. Oh, that that was yours as well. Oh, no. um, I will I will take I will take someone else then because we all know who the easy the easy choice is Patrick Mahomes, but mm-hmm. my sleeper, and this kind of goes against my morals per se because I do want the Chiefs to win. I'm a Missouri boy. Uh, they're a Missouri team. <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly told me to, um, but I'm rooting for the Chiefs. Chiefs are going to win. But if the 49ers win, Jimmy G's not going to get it. He's going to no. throw like 14 passes. But guess if what? That, if All that. of those passes are going to be to George Kittle. And if the 49ers win, he's going to be your MVP. I can see it. I don't want to see it. It could happen. Yeah. It could happen. You always have to acknowledge. Uh, hope for the best. Prepare for the worst. Exactly. Or Cub Scouts. Shout out Cub Scouts. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> now, uh, Phil, who is your sleeper pick for Super Bowl MVP? So yeah, Tyron Matthew. He has been the uh, captain of the defense all year. He came in this season and pretty much took over. The um, Honey Badger. Yes, the Honey Badger LSU um, graduate. I think maybe I don't know. Yes, um, yes, yeah. he was. Yes, he was. <laughs> I don't know if he gra- graduated. Is what I was saying. Well, but uh, <laughs> LSU attendee. Yeah, attendee. Um, with that being said, uh, he really has. Um, kind of turned this defense around from last season i uh, believe he can really have an impact on this game um yeah I, I i that's who i'm taking all right sounds good to me phil um well folks you can't fool phil <laughs> or you can't you know what they say c y c f f you can't fool phil that, that is what they say phil Paul. will not be fooled and he will not be on this show for the last time today because what that was fun because there will be it. there will be other times that he will be on the show. We love you, Phil. Uh, but it's time to go. Look forward to the post Super Bowl uh, show where we can celebrate that the Chiefs have won it all. I'm looking forward to it too. Uh, all right, thanks again, Bucko. All right, I then I for show for show. Man, put that on. Put that on my life, dude. <laughs> all right, if you're still listening, thanks a bunch. Uh, love you guys. Huge shout out and thanks to my guy Phil. Thanks to Meg for stopping by. Thanks to Stephen A. Sharp for picking up the phone when Phil and I were just kind of talking and we were like, all right, we're just going to call Steve. And then it just happened. So we didn't really know what to say, but big shout out to Steve. Won't be the last time any of those people are on. Um, looking forward to episode four. It's going to be a movie. That's for show. Um, but one final thing please do all of yourselves a favor. And head on down to Sauce on the Side. Tell him, tell him Paul Reddy sent you. You'll have to pay, uh, pay full price, but they'll ask who I am, and then you can spread the good message of the STL Sports Calzone. Um, Till next time, I got five words for you. Yeah, I'm talking about Mountain Dews, baby. All right, so maybe that was actually six, but uh, anyhow. Uh, have a great rest of your day and weekend and long live mama there's something happening here what it is ain't exactly clear there's a man with a gun over there telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop, children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. There's bad.
the lines being drawn Nobody's right if everybody's wrong Young people speaking their minds Are getting so much resistance from behind Every time we stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down A field day for the heat A thousand people in the street Singing songs and carrying signs Mostly say hooray for our side It's time we stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down It will creep It starts when you're always afraid Step out of line The man come and take you away We better stop Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going now Stop Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going